0: Good morning, good morning, good morning. Uh, welcome to the Black Financial Channel. That's com. I am Dr. Boyce Watkins, your friendly neighborhood finance professor, your loyal servant, and here to uh, break down economics to you uh, in a black way, uh, authentically black, I am not a finance professor who happens to be black. I'm a black man who happens to be a finance professor. Uh, Today, I want to talk about Ebony Magazine. Ebony Magazine just got bought. Uh, Give me a yes and no in the chat if you were aware that Ebony Magazine just got purchased. And um, and Ebony was just purchased by uh, a former NBA player by the name of Junior Bridgman. Now, uh, this purchase is of interest to me because, one, I live in Chicago, and two, I am from Louisville! And that is where Junior Bridgman uh, played his college days. I, I grew up as a kid hearing about Junior Bridgman from my mama, who said, uh, because we were all Louisville Cardinals fans. We my, we love Louis, the Louisville Cardinals so much that my, actually behind my head, if you've ever been paying attention, you'll notice I've got some Louisville stuff on my wall back here. So I'm a big Louisville guy. Even Long before everybody, it was popular to know about Louisville with Breonna Taylor and all that. But here's some of my loyal apparel. My late grandmother, rest her soul. The first person who ever taught me about economics loved the Louisville Cardinals so much that this was my inheritance. <laughs> this was my inheritance. Well, grandma, you, you gave me uh, you gave me uh, economic intelligence and, and you left me some loyal Cardinals gear, so we good. I didn't want her money because I had money by that time, so I wasn't worried about that. But uh, my grandma left me a lot of her loyal gear. She had a whole room that was red. This is how much uh, our family was into the loyal Cardinals. Now, let's talk about uh, junior Bridgman for a minute junior Bridgman uh, popped up in the news because he's gonna be the buyer of ebony magazine and uh, and when I was a kid my mother used to talk about junior and would say uh, you know when we would watch Louisville games and stuff she would say you want to be smart just like Junior Bridgman and uh, and I didn't know what that meant at that time I didn't I don't even think I knew who he was because I was little but uh, but I ha- I've heard of the guy through the years and uh, junior Bridgman is a guy that uh, a lot of people in Kentucky are very proud of around the country actually um, he's had a long story career not just in um in uh, as far as you know what he did in college and all that but he also played uh, for the Lakers and the Milwaukee Bucks I believe so I imagine it's kind of interesting he was uh, his brother went to play at UCLA at the same time. I think it was. I think it was either right around that time or be, or after uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar played f- uh, for the uh, for UCLA, and then he went to the Lakers. And I know Jabbar played for the Lakers, and then he played for the Bucks. And I know Jabbar played for the Bucks. So I'd be curious to know how connected his career was to Kareem. I, I don't know enough about the the, uh, the entirety of their career, but I do know a few things. So anyway, so Junior Bridgman is um is uh, is 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 buying um, Ebony. And, uh, and I, I thought that was interesting, uh, because obviously, you know, uh, I know about his sports career. I also, uh, know that people have a lot of respect for him as a businessman. I've never done business with him. I've never talked to him. Um, and, but I, but I like him. I like what he does. I I think he's, he's good for the world. And, um, and I thought about this and, and you guys know, i talked about Ebony a lot. Uh, and you know, and, and I, I read it, I read on the story and I thought about it. I meditated on it. I sent a prayer request to uh, white Jesus, black Jesus and baby Jesus to give me the wisdom to kind of break this down in a way uh, that allows all of us to kind of learn something from this. Because I think that there's a lot to learn about Ebony's uh, about life and economics from the way Ebony magazine went down. Uh, Let me just say this. Ebony magazine did not have to go down. Ebony magazine uh, was bought out of bankruptcy. Bridgman bid on their assets, which uh, I think the bid, the winning bid was 14 million dollars. Uh, and he was bidding on a dead company that didn't have to die. You know, you you know, you know, go to a funeral and you got some 19-year-old kid and you're like, man, he had his whole life ahead of him, but he didn't think he's going to make it to the age of 22. So he started getting in the street and thugging out. And next thing you know, he's gone. Well, you're like, man, it was too soon. Pookie didn't have to die. He, he, he could have he lived a long, prosperous life, but he didn't. Well, Ebony Magazine, to me, was a little bit like Pookie, where Ebony Magazine did not have to die. Ebony Magazine could have survived. Ebony Magazine could have flourished. Ebony Magazine could have went on and done well. Um, you know, Essence Magazine, from what I understand, seems to be doing pretty well. They seem to be leveraging their brand value and 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 doing, and doing making millions of dollars and all this other good stuff. And I felt that Ebony, I feel like Ebony actually was a brand that had e- even more brand strength than Essence. Uh, Ebony Magazine, uh, you know, if you go back to Junior Bridgman's era, um, Ebony Magazine, that was the stuff, man. I mean, that was the premier, creme de la creme, like top shelf. You know, much most respected institution, one of the most respected institutions in the black community. So the question becomes, uh, why did Ebony Magazine die too soon? What what happened here? Um. So, and actually, before I move on with that, do me a favor, real quick. I want to remind, this is our black media request. We're building black media. So if you could, please hit the thumbs up button, hit the share button, hit the subscribe button right now and type a yes in the chat or put your hashtag B1 in the chat after you do all those things. So right now on the count of three, everybody hit the thumbs up button, uh, share the video if you can, or at least subscribe and hit the notification bell so that you'll be notified when we go live. We're building black media uh black media is extremely important. that's why it's important to talk about things like ebony because we need our own media uh and I see you guys on instagram my Instagram is the real voice walking so uh feel free to follow me on the gram all right so uh <clears throat> okay good so hashtag b one in the chat once you're done thank you very much for doing that. I appreciate it now let's get back to the regular regular scheduled program so ebony magazine um you know if i if i were to kind of if i were to say uh or share my the my prayer request that I sent to white Jesus black Jesus and baby Jesus about Ebony magazine it, or, or a prayer request I would then forward on to Junior Bridgman's children who are going to be running the company. I would simply say, don't be a dinosaur. You know, don't be a dinosaur. Don't do what they did. You know, that's how I learned growing up. My mama would be like, don't do what he did, because then you'll be hooked on heroin. You know, or my dad would be like, don't do what he did or you'll be homeless when you're 40 years old. Or or don't do what he did or you end up in jail. Well, I with Ebony Magazine, I say the same thing. Like don't do what they did. Don't do what they did. Ebony Magazine was a great company that had a tremendous potential. And Ebony Magazine, from what I saw, again, I was in Chicago. I, I've written articles for Ebony. I know people at Ebony, uh, high-ranking people at Ebony that would come in and, and, and make secret phone calls to me because they didn't want their bosses to know that they were talking to me about different things. And I felt that Ebony was just a dinosaur. I felt that Ebony wasn't responding to good ideas. Um, Ebony didn't understand that there was this thing that came along, uh, that you might've heard of called the internet. The internet came along. I know you ever, may not have heard of it, but it's been around for a little while. Uh, and, uh, that required all publishing companies to adjust their business models. If you did not adjust, you were going to die. You were going to be like Pookie laying on the sidewalk with your mama crying over your dead body. Well, Ebony magazine, was uh it, it broke a lot of people's hearts because a lot of people grew up with ebony give me a yes or no if you remember going to grandma's house on Saturday afternoon and you hear some Lou Rawls in the background and you got Ebony magazine on the coffee table. Anybody remember those days where Ebony magazine was right there on the coffee table and all a bunch of the issues would be there or you go to the barber shop and you're bored there's nothing to read. So you're reading Ebony and you're reading like these these cigarette ads and, <laughs> and whatever, right? <clears throat> or or uh, I, and I and and all and all the fellows, I'm sure y'all remember the Jet Beauty of the Week. Anybody remember the Jet Beauty? The young guys don't know nothing about this, right? But the Jet Beauty of the Week was my first introduction to the beauty of the black woman. I really wonder if I had never seen the Jet Beauty of the Week at the age of five. I like like that solidified my connection to black women. Like at that moment, at five years old, my parents see, they thought I was thinking about like toys and dolls and. Bicycles, man! I saw that lady's curves. I said, "Lord, have mercy, Jesus Christ!" I don't know what this is, but it's special. And I, and <laughs> I had this jet beauty of the week. And my, and my dad's talking to me about cartoons or something. You don't know, like. Voices way beyond cartoons now. Like You've opened the Pandora's box. And I've I've loved black women's curves ever since. And so anyway, maybe that wasn't healthy. Maybe that was actually a bad experience. Maybe, I don't know. (laughs) know, But I don't care. It was wonderful. So so Ebony and Jet and so, I mean, they had a special place in our heart. And I think the community was ready to support Ebony uh, through all of its nonsense. You know, uh, the community was like, okay, create something amazing and we'll back you up you know the, the Ebony's been sort of more than a, a more than a publication. I think people were sad when Ebony got sold. They were sad to see Ebony crumble. And uh and so uh, I I would just say my biggest advice to anybody that's affiliated with that brand is don't be a dinosaur. Allow fresh ideas in. Ebony magazine to in my view became almost like an aristocracy where you have the Johnson family and and they're, they're, they're protective of their power, and, and they're used to making money very easily. They're used to big white companies paying them insane amounts of money to advertise in their magazine. Well, the digital age shifted that. The digital age became the age of the hustler, and you and they were being out-hustled by uh, more innovative outlets that were purely digital that didn't require massive amounts of of, of capital investment in order for them to function. <clears throat> and so as a result, it was very predictable. Ebony went crumbling down. Um, now you know with Junior Bridgeman buying Ebony, Junior's a good businessman. You know he's, um, I think he owns over hundred Wendy's restaurants or something. And then he he be, he became a bottler for Coca Cola, and uh, I and I think with this entity, he's letting his children run that. He's about sixty seven, so I'd be curious to know uh, how much how involved he's trying to be uh, with all of this. Uh, he did mention that Ebony represented black excellence to him growing up, and I agree. I mean, I think for people in his generation especially, Ebony was the gold standard as far as media. Uh, and so, and I still love Ebony. I still think Ebony is, uh, has, has, has uh, potential. I think Ebony, if they bring in the right ideas can be explosive and extraordinary. Um, I look forward to seeing what they do with the company and I hope that they can be great again. Like literally, you know, like, um, uh, let me see, <laughs> like instead of having MAGA, we need to have MEGA, M-E-G-A, make Ebony great again, right? <laughs> so everybody should get a mega hat, right? We're going to make Ebony mega. Uh, Make Ebony Great Again, that's going to be our slogan because I I fully support what they're doing, and I really think that if they bring in some good ideas – they can succeed. Um, just on a personal note with Ebony, I actually, before I move on, do me a favor, hit the thumbs up button, hit the share button, hit the subscribe button. Uh, make sure you sign up for the Black Financial Channel. Uh, also, uh, speaking of kids, you know, I love the fact that Junior Bridgman is bringing his kids into the business. Um, and I think that's awesome. I think that's something everybody should look into. And, but the thing is, you, your kids have to be ready. Like, If you have stupid kids or kids that are sloppy and irresponsible, then you're going to lose all your wealth. Uh, in fact, 70% of all wealthy families, did you know this? Give me a yes to no know if you knew this. 70% of all wealthy families lose all their wealth within one generation. Did you know that? 70%. 90% lose their wealth within two generations. So when you're building this institution called your family, like the Bridgman family is an institution. They're probably worth half a billion dollars now, whatever. Um, you know, When you're handing stewardship of that institution over to your children, you can't just do it because they're related to you. Uh, I don't know. If, I think of the, What was that story? I don't follow the show, but that's a story about the guy from Sweetie Pies or whatever, and the poor lady with Sweetie Pies. Uh, handing her business over to her son or nephew or something, and he's out here doing some old crazy gangster stuff. And next thing you know, uh, the whole empire comes crumbling down. Well, you got to prepare your kids for that early. One thing wealthy people do is they get their kids ready early to take over the family empire or to take the empire to the next level. So a lot of you are planting seeds now. In uh, preparing for the future. Well, after you plant those seeds, the biggest seed you plant is going to be in your children in terms of making sure that mentally they are prepared with knowledge, investment, and discipline. That's actually the KID model that we use in our Black Business School for Children, which uh, which, stands, which basically says, give them the knowledge on how to, how, to, how to maximize wealth, give them the investment so they have capital that they can actually utilize to achieve their goals. And then discipline means not going out here getting caught up in every stupid little thing that's going to throw them off the track. Uh, there's a guy I met one time who was mentoring this young dude. And this young dude, it, it, it's so bad. It, it drives me crazy. This shows like what, what media is doing to us in terms of giving us horrible culture. This kid, uh, his father owned like 20 different franchises in, in the city. He owned all these restaurant franchises. He owned a couple in the airport and everything else. And so his father's making like 50 to 100 million dollars a year. His father, but his father was a hardworking man. But he was getting old and he's getting tired. He wanted to pass all this down to his son, right? Check this out. His son wanted to be a rapper. His son was like, "I don't want to run a restaurant. I want to be a rapper." Right? <laughs> so this kid literally is running around trying to trying to hang in the hood and roll with the thugs and 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 get his gangster credentials. Maybe do some jail time so he gets some real street cred. And his father's like, "I've got a business that's generating fifty million a year in cash flow." And you want to go? You want to go rap? Like rappers ain't even got no money. Ninety percent of them are broke. Are you kidding me? Now speaking of, of rappers, one unbroke rapper that's actually coming to the platform today, Ice Cube, will be on tonight. Uh, I think it's nine uh, nine Eastern, I believe. Uh, He'll be on drboystv.com. So me and Cube have a lot to talk about. We're going to talk about politics, but we're also going to talk about you. Uh, Economics. I I told him, I said, I really want people to understand the mindset of a boss. I want people to understand the mindset of a guy that knows how to own things, a guy who made tremendous moves and transitions through his career, uh, that was able to actually start a sports league. Remember in a world where you got multi-millionaire athletes who swear that they don't have enough capital to start a sports league, but Ice Cube did it. The big three is real. The big three is out there. And so uh, there's a mindset associated with that. And I said, if we can dig into that a little bit, I will really appreciate that. So he's coming through tonight uh, on DrBoysTV.com at 9 p.m. Eastern. But if you can't catch it live, you can. All, I'll I'll replay it. I'll I'll see, you know you'll see the recording. It'll be up there. So uh, so don't feel like you have to be there then. But if you want to catch it live, it's 9 p.m. Eastern tonight on DrBoysTV.com. So so. The point of the matter is that he's doing a good job with his kids. I love it. I love the idea of buying this massive, beautiful asset like Ebony and saying here, you know, this is my gift to you. Uh, just run it right. Don't mess it up. And uh, I assume his kids understand that message. And I and I think that that's really awesome. So so if you want to see a model of legacy, a model of of wealth building, and what that looks like you know I think junior bridgman is a guy you could pay attention to sure you know being a, being an nba player will open some doors for you but not every nba player walks through those doors right you know shaquille o'neal walked through those doors that's why he owns a lot of franchises now uh, franchising actually is a great way to make money, uh, you know, from a blueprint without having to come up with a business model and figure out what kind of business you want to go into, um, you know, uh, uh, franchising actually has been a, a pathway to wealth for a lot of people. So, uh, actually, in the Black Business School, we actually put together a whole curriculum on franchising. Um, it's uh, it's the fourth uh, program in our Black Money sequence. We have six classes in our Black Money sequence. Franchising is number four. Black Money One Hundred Four. That's what it's called. So, if you go to um, the URL is theblackfranchiseprogram.com. T H E theblackfranchiseprogram.com. So Feel free to go take a look. And also, if you want to teach your kids about wealth, you can go to financialworkbooks.com. We have workbooks and flashcards that are great for kids of almost any age. Uh, it's a great gift for Christmas. So feel free to go to financialworkbooks.com. I don't know if the order would get there by Christmas, though, because we're, we're kind of close to the day. But either way, though, um, you know, if you, if you learn how to make money, then every day can be Christmas. So I encourage you to teach your kids about uh, how to make money. So uh, my final thought on Ebony and uh, Junior Bridgman is um, I'm really happy for him. Do I know if $14 million is a good or bad price? to pay for ebony and, and the right to their assets i i can't gauge that um i my first instinct is yes like my first instinct is that if you're looking if you're looking in terms of like return on capital and all that um i think ebony instantly becomes a multi-million dollar brand if they if they have the right investment if they have the right amount of working capital and can really work their asset the way they they that they they should um but uh it's not it's going to be a work in progress um, I think they're going to have to have some young, innovative people in there that are going to bring them great ideas that are going to allow them to catapult Ebony in a, in a productive way. I think if they run Ebony like they did before, it's going to become a dinosaur. Ebony's going to die, and uh, and and that was something I said repeatedly back when Ebony was still alive. I said if if they don't adjust, they're going to die, and I'll be damned if they did not die. And Ebony became kind of the laughing stock of of the community, and I think that's kind of sad because Ebony did it didn't have to be that way. Pookie did not have to die, so. Anyway, that's it. Those are my two cents. Uh, congratulations to the Bridgman family. I don't know them, but I'm sure I know people that know them. Because again, well, we are from the Ville. I'm from Louisville, so it, all the black people in Louisville kind of know somebody who knows somebody. So uh, if you know, are one of those people that knows him and knows his family, tell him I say congratulations, good luck. I wish him the best, and I'll be watching. And uh, and I and I am a supporter. I believe in Ebony. I believe Ebony will be great one day. And again, Mega, put your Mega hat on. <clears throat> make Ebony great again. That's what that's what we're gonna do. So um, I'm out of here, guys. Do me a favor. Hit the thumbs up button, share, subscribe button. Um, also later on today, I'll come back with more analysis on what's going on in the stock markets. We have some big news going on with um Donald Trump basically coming in at the last minute and saying he wasn't gonna support the stimulus package unless they increase the payments. Uh now I agree with that though. I think though that 600 dollars is nothing. It's, it's, it's almost like a joke. Um, but I think it is kind of a it throws, it throws a a monkey wrench in, in the system. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. And uh also. Last but not least, uh, there's a free lecture if you want to go take a look at it. It's at blackfinancialsecurity.com where I actually break down what financial security looks like. So if you're ever curious, if you're confused about economics and, or finance or whatever, just know my PhDs in this stuff, I can help you. Uh, the lecture's free, blackfinancialsecurity.com. So uh, hit the thumbs up button. Uh, feel free to go to the website. I'm out of here, guys. Have a good day. Uh, I'll see you soon. Take care. Peace.